back here in the fast lane and somebody who is back in his own lane of covering sports for WSET, Dave Walls, back after a couple days off, that is, to recharge the batteries after the trip down to Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl. Dave, a pleasure to speak with you. Are you feeling as refreshed as you deserve to be? Uh, refreshes, I think I'm going to be, but you know, the, uh, the batteries get recharged quickly when you're, when you hop right back into a new season of sports, you know, it, uh, you turn the page quickly from football and now we're in the heart of, uh, getting into conference playing college and then high school basketball uh, tips off tonight with our, with a uh, full court press and our season debut of that. So, uh, it's a quick turnaround, but uh, again, it doesn't take much to get the batteries charged up this time of year. Is your mind ready for high school basketball right now? Have you gotten to the point where you've got Got a firm grasp yet, or is that an on-the-fly endeavor because of Liberty's football success this year? Uh, a little bit of an on-the-fly, uh, you know, learning on the job almost. But you know, I've been doing plenty of reading. I've been talking to coaches uh, over the last month. Uh, I've seen a couple games, and uh, you know, so this is kind of like my preseason uh, work right now. You know, that we'll do in high school football, where you know, train, looking at a lot of training camps. Here, I'm looking at the first month of games and basing some early success off what I've seen from there. And got a good one tonight with Rustburg, who just handed a Northside a loss, and they're at nine and one. And uh, taking on a very game heritage squad tonight in our game of the week. I already got six wins on the season and uh, looking to be much tougher this season. So, uh, you know, really diving in head first and, you know, we'll take some, we'll take some lumps along the way, but we're ready to, ready to kick it off tonight. We are at that point ourselves with basketball season here, Dave. We'll dive into that a little bit later in the fast lane, but uh, the big story of the week, it's been the Liberty Flames because they made the Fiesta Bowl and they actually jumped out to a 6 nothing lead. Could have been 7 nothing if they didn't miss the PAT in the early going. And they led 6-3 at the end of the first quarter. And then Oregon showed why they were a top 10 team that had a chance to make the college football playoff, uh, scoring uh, 45 unanswered total, but uh, scoring 42 of those unanswered points in the second, third, and fourth quarters of this game. Ultimately for Liberty, how would you rate the experience for you as a media member and seeing what it was like for the many Liberty fans who were down at the Fiesta Bowl? Uh on a selfish note, to me, the, this is by far the biggest and best run bowl that Liberty's ever been to from a media standpoint. You know, a lot of times we're scraping to get interviews. You know, uh, some of the people, I could tell you stories about, you know, some of the people running some of these bowl games where you walk in and they wouldn't even know you're there. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl staff, top notch, 10 out of 10 the entire way, uh, gave, gave us, made sure to give us plenty of access to the teams, the players, the practices. You gave the teams also, let's, let's focus on that though. The team's got plenty of experiences that they just would not have gotten uh, had they been at a smaller bowl, you know, from uh, doing the community outreach, doing two community outreaches, I should say, while they're there, practicing at a minor league baseball facility, which was cool in its own right, getting to uh, see and experience things in the greater Phoenix area, then also the uh, the ability to play at an NFL stadium uh, on New Year's Day. I mean, that's something that these players are going to be talking about the rest of their life. And again, uh, the fans as well got great experiences, too, with a great pep rally. I know Liberty fans had the church service on Sunday morning in the Scottsdale area, pep rally. Uh, again, plenty to see and do in the Phoenix area. And again, uh, being able to play at an NFL stadium. I saw some uh, chatter online about the attendance. And I don't know how, what you thought about the attendance. And, you know, obviously, you know, it was not a sellout, but I thought Liberty fans, quite frankly, held their own. You know, I would say it was probably. 
60-40 at worst uh, in the favor of Oregon, but the Liberty fans kind of stayed clustered together on their side and really packed one side of that field. And I don't, I think the deceptive part is nobody filled the end zones, but certainly uh, the big concern was that Liberty wasn't going to travel, you know, out west. And they proved that the fan base, while it is, you know, certainly not at the size levels of some of these schools who have been there and done that before, uh, they travel, they go there, and it's only growing from here. Dave, you referenced the attendance part of the Fiesta Bowl. It was about 48,000, which is well shy of, what, 66,000 that can fit into the stadium down there in Arizona where the Cardinals play. Um, But my takeaway on that was I thought Liberty brought maybe half of that, which would be at about 23,000, 24,000. It's about what you would get for a sellout at Williams Stadium. But you got to remember, this is East Coast people traveling two time zones away to the deep southwest in the Mountain West times or the Mountain Time Zone. Uh, and then on top of that, if anything, I thought it was more impacted by the fact that it was not a college football playoff game and you're getting a, a game there for that isn't going to get a lot of neutral appeal to fill out the seats the way you would for a bigger event. Yeah, I think it not being a playoff game certainly hurt. Uh, again, you know, you mentioned, you know, 24,000 of that maybe is Liberty. And I, I, I can get along with that number. You know, I think the television angles were deceptive because the shots I had of the Liberty sideline, the Liberty fans were packed on their side. Neither side really packed the end zone other than, say, the bands on the one side there. And so then you had the Oregon side on the other side, you know, who was a little more spread out and with that bright green color certainly stood out a little bit more on camera. But, uh, you know, again, it it wasn't a 66,000, 70,000, you know, seat crowd waiting to see who could make it to the championship game on Monday. No, certainly not. But again, you know, Liberty fans prove that, you know, they back up their team, they travel, they spend money, and dare I say, I think they uh, were just as loud, if not louder, uh, throughout you know a good portion of that game when it was still a game. You know, uh, until Oregon sort of blew that thing out. But you know, the Liberty fans were raucous, ready to roll, and uh, you know, other bowls take it, take note of that. Who travels, who doesn't, and you know that goes a long way to future bowl game selections. Yeah, it does. I mean, for a Liberty program that still prides itself on getting to these type of games and events, and certainly the future looks bright getting back to these type of bowl games, although the challenge does get harder because 24 hours after the game, the word trickles out that Caden Salter is entering the transfer portal. He's joined by defensive back Kobe Singleton, wide receiver C.J. Daniels, also departing from Liberty uh, just after the game, where defensive back Brandon Bishop and offensive tackle Xavier Gadlin, they're both going to the NFL draft, and that doesn't include Preston Hodge, the corner who's off to Colorado, and defensive lineman Kennedy Charles, who are, is in the transfer portal but is yet to announce the destination. Uh, Hodge and uh, and Charles uh, announcing before the bowl game but electing to play in it. Is this that big you know, of a concern for Liberty, or is this why you pay Jamie, Jamie Chowell the big bucks to be able to navigate you through this? I honestly think this is just part of college football now, like it or not, uh, that every team has to deal with experience a little bit of success, you know, does losing salt hurt and the life hurt? Yes, of course it does. No way around that. But again, Chad Well, who took over for 50% turnover coming into year, a lot of players transferred out to follow a few freeze or go another program, didn't be part of a rebuild in their last year. And, you know, and nowadays players can, you know, chase others. They can chase NIL deals. And again, like it or not, that is a part of the game. 
But if anything, you know, Liberty fans are now going to have to get accustomed to, you know, just because you go to one of these top tier bowls, now you've got to be able to compete with the dollars and cents that other schools can offer, what other NIL collectives can offer. And I, there's work done to make sure that Liberty starts, you know, being in a conversation. Uh, and again, like situation in college football or not, this is what it is. And there's certainly. Uh, you know, Jimmy Jarrell's proved that he can handle large amounts of turnover and also inspire a good deal of uh, loyalty. You know, we saw today Bentley Hanshaw is going to come back for another year. A large portion of the offensive line is going to come back. Uh, Quentin Cooley announced at running back that he's going to run it back for next season. So certainly there's going to be a lot of big pieces. They're going to have to rebuild a quarterback and wide receiver. But certainly uh, if anyone is uh, prepared to handle this type of challenge, it would be Jamie Chadwell. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET with us here in the Fast Lane. Dave, uh, the other part, and, and this is something we'll get into in greater depth next week in the Fast Lane for, for Liberty and from their perspective, but, I mean, look, there's no way to, to sugarcoat the, the skill set of Caden Salter and being a four-star talent and what he did for Liberty being Conference USA Player of the Year. But how much of this is also the fact that Jamie Chabell's offensive system, it's not foolproof. You still need good players to run it, but it's designed to where even if you lose a guy like Caden Salter, you might still be able to have other guys like a Quentin Cooley or like other running backs, and Liberty's got a stable of those. They could step up and bridge the offensive productivity gap, even if the way it's done looks different. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think the depth at wide, excuse me, the depth at running back really has not been talked about much because Quentin Cooley turned out to be such a breakout star. But you've got so many pieces like Vaughn Blue, who uh, the, for a freshman really uh, jumped out early in the season, had some injuries as well. James Jointer still in there, running back from Arkansas, who did some nice things and again battled a little bit of the injury bug as the year moved on. And but you've got three to four backs deep and ready to go who have already proved that they're comfortable in Jamie. Chadwell's position, so if you have to put more on them right away, you can, you know, and then you look at the quarterback position, and yes, you are going to miss Caden Salter, no question, but you certainly have some talent back there, and then plus a four-star quarterback coming in uh, off the, you know, who's already signed his commitment and going to be starting in the fall, so you're going to have a, a decent competition uh, come next season, you know, and there's plenty of potential for, you know, a few players to step up, fill the gaps, and really make things happen. I think the, the hardest one to fill, admittedly, is going to be a little bit at wide receiver because both C.J. Daniels and Noah Frith had that size and that length that makes them tough to handle, not just a conference USA, but if you start playing these bigger opponents, uh, you know, that, that really gave them a competitive advantage. So uh, I think that's going to be the, the key area I think you have to start looking at in the future is, all right, are they going to have to – go to the transfer portal, move somebody over here, or how are they going to be able to replace some of that length right away? Dave Walls, WSET, the Twitter handle with us here in the fast lane. Dave, uh, we pivot away from the gridiron action for Liberty momentarily, but we'll wrap it up on that part of the subject right now with this. For Liberty, in spite of the loss to Oregon and the loss of players in the transfer portal, how much do Flames fans step back and look back on this season and realize, wow, that's been a heck of a ride. And it's not like this thing is never going to get better again. They still have plenty of reason for optimism. Well, and I mean, just think back to where we were six years ago when, you know, they announced they were going to go to FBS, you know, or, and we were all sitting here going, okay, FBS. And then they, they get that first win of that season opener against old dominion. We thought, wow, this is as good as it's going to get. No, it's gotten so much better in just a couple of years, I would dare say. Uh, you don't see a program 
like this, you know, make that kind of transition so quickly to go from uh, FCS to a New Year's Six Bowl in this short of amount of time, you know, giving JMU their credit. They've had a tremendous year in their transitions, so I just certainly don't want to leave them out. But certainly uh, LU's uh, rise in just the past couple of years is certainly one that is not often you know, replicated uh, in any fashion. So uh, if this is the beginning of the rise in just a couple of years, I think Flames fans are going to be just fine, even if you hit a couple speed bumps along the way with the transfer portal and players moving in and out. You know, that's the nature of uh, modern-day college football. You have to live with that, and you have to enjoy the ride. Sometimes it's not about the destination at the end of the year. Sometimes it's about the ride to get there. And, boy, they had a one heck of a ride in 2023. No doubt about it, Dave. It's been a great ride with you today in the fast lane. Last one for you, and we'll pivot away from football to basketball on this question. Last week, I happened to see this on the flight down. It wasn't exactly the most appealing thing. But Virginia lost on the road at Notre Dame. Virginia Tech lost on the road at Wake Forest. All, uh, Liberty lost basically a road game in Birmingham against Alabama. None of them were convincing. Now all three are back on the road this coming Saturday with Virginia at NC State, Virginia Tech at Florida State, 3.30 airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and Liberty at Western Kentucky. Big picture. It doesn't define anybody's seasons right now, but how important is it for all three of those teams from the Commonwealth to show out away from the Commonwealth this weekend? Crucial, because uh, you know these high-profile non-conference matchups go a long, long way if you uh, are able to sneak into the tournament by any uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they're going to look at these non-conference games, these big-time opponents that you play. And if you don't have that on your resume, if you don't have, you know, at least some sort of a strong performance, you know, you're not going to get any respect. And likewise, if you're in the case of someone who is maybe on a bubble, you know, and, you, and you're clinging to hope that, well, you know, we did well in conference play. That's not enough. You need that strong, you know, opponent play uh, outside of your conference in order to make, make a run and make, in order to get some respect just to get in. So uh, these games are crucial. And if you are not uh, in charge of, you know, getting a win or at least making a, making a close, close battle, you can find yourself on the outside looking in come March. And I don't think any of these teams want to be there. No, indeed, they don't. But we always want to be with Dave Walls, wherever he is. And thankfully, that's today in the Fast Lane. Dave, appreciate your time, and we look forward to chatting again as basketball season jumps in full force. All right, Ed, have a great weekend. Stay dry. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Dave Walls with us here in the Fast Lane when we return. Fast Five at Five-ish, topics you may have missed, and into the weeds on Virginia basketball trying to regain their identity starting this Saturday at NC State.